Now, there was an opinion piece over the weekend in the media um, saying that it's time to think about paying blood donors in New Zealand, as well as many other countries, including the UK and Australia, compensation for blood donors is forbidden. The staff who collect the blood can be paid. Companies refining blood into various products can be paid, but the donors cannot. And according to the author of the piece, that has consequences. Dr. Eric Crampton, who wrote the article titled It's Time to Think Seriously About Paying Blood Donors, joins me now. He's from the New Zealand Initiative. Good morning to you. Good morning. What are the consequences of not paying donors? Surely it's something that people should want to do rather than feel some kind of coercion to do. Well, of course, people. it's very good that people donate blood. Uh, I have been a blood donor. Uh, and the problem that we get, though, is that there's just insufficient supply when we're refusing to pay. And one of the consequences of that is that the payment just winds up being hidden. So the op-ed that I'd written that was in today's uh, Fairfax newspapers or the stuff papers was drawing on a fabulous report that just came out. Uh, it was written by a Georgetown University professor for the Adam Smith Institute in conjunction with the Niskanen Center in the United States, yeah. where they went through some of these consequences. So New Zealand gets about an eighth of its uh, blood plasma product from donors who actually are paid. They're just not paid in New Zealand. Uh, because we don't pay in plasma collection, you're lying down on a bed connected to a machine for about an hour, and we don't compensate people for that. So it's really hard for uh, them to get enough donors. Instead, we're buying in blood product from uh, the United States where donors are compensated for their time. So rather than not paying people, uh, we actually are paying people. They're just, they're just people who are resident abroad, and we can kind of close our eyes and pretend that uh, we're not paying people, but that's not actually the case. It's good in the sense that it lets us um, not run short of these products. Mm. They're really important for a lot of emerging treatments, but there are these other consequences where because America winds up supplying so much of the world's demand for these immunoglobin products, um, because they're able to compensate donors, when countries like New Zealand and the United Kingdom and Canada, and Canada is a bit of a mixed case, some provinces, they're allowed to have compensation, other provinces you're not, but the UK's NHS relies almost entirely on blood product from, um, from, North America, from the United States, and Australia relies heavily on it. We rely on it a little bit less than other places. We do have a lot of donors, and that's wonderful. But the gap is going to continue to rise. So some of the projections from our own service here are that we're going to be going up to 15% reliance on American supplies from the about 12, 12 and a half that we're at currently because the demand for these products is increasing. And it's so hard to keep donors engaged and, well, come in and lie down for an hour sort of activities. Um, Why is it report- difficult to get them engaged in doing that? Because when I've given blood before, the chocolate bicky and the cup of tea is enough for me. Yeah, giving blood is a lot quicker than giving plasma. Sure. So a blood donation, yeah. when, when I uh, when I was an undergrad, I gave blood about a half dozen times, and I, I've contributed far more to the banks than I've uh, taken yeah. from them. I've not taken anything out. But that was always fairly quick and easy. Uh, lying on... Uh, on the bed, connected up to a machine for an hour. Uh, blood service here says that you should be banking in about uh, 90 minutes with the uh, questionnaires beforehand and then the consult afterwards and a bit of refreshment. It's harder to maintain 
a reliable pool of donors who will just keep coming back under sort of those moral suasion kinds of arguments. And the report points out that it winds up being even more expensive than just paying for it, right? Because on the commercial model, and this is coming out of some of the evidence in Canada, where you can look between provinces that have kind of commercial supply and ones where there's no compensation, it costs them a lot more to collect plasma when you're not compensating the donors. And it's just kind of weird, right? If we... it the system is able to pay everybody else all the way through from the people who are collecting the product to like the janitors who are cleaning up in the room uh, the people who are supplying the cookies uh then the companies that are refining it into the useful products they all get paid but the but the person who's supplying the plasma isn't and new zealand's had a pretty good precedent here where we have shifted to compensating live organ donors recognizing that the time that Mm. donors sacrifice to provide that benefit for others really matters. And it's been a disincentive for people to to give a kidney to a a loved one. But surely giving a kidney is vastly different to hooking yourself up to a plasma machine for an hour. Absolutely. And the the amount of time is a lot different. The amount of compensation would have to be different, right? So if you're looking at kidney donation, you're going to be out of commission potentially for up to like 12 weeks while you're recuperating. And New Zealand's regime, which passed unanimously through Parliament on a member's bill that's remarkable, that recognized that, well, we have that pretty big commitment and it should be compensate, the compensation should be commensurate to it. For blood plasma, of course, the compensation would have to be a fair bit lower, but you would ex- you'd want it to be somewhat commensurate with the opportunity cost of people's time, right? That there should be something other than nothing provided to these donors. And all of the cases that wind up being made against compensation really fail to stack up. So sometimes you'll hear arguments that, well, if you pay donors, it's just going to encourage the most desperate people to come in. Well, you can have safeguards against that, right? And places that do provide compensation will often have a lot of these safeguards to make sure that donors aren't coming in too frequently or under conditions where they don't understand the, the what they're getting into. Uh, they have lots of testing of the donors to make sure that it's not um, hurting any of their other vital stats, that you're not do- donating too much. All of those safeguards can be put in if you want, right? Um, there are other arguments around exploitation, but it just seems really weird that where you think that the donor will be exploited by being compensated for their time on the table, but the phlebotomist isn't being exploited by being paid to take the blood. Nearly 80% of the plasma centres in the US are located in America's poorer neighbourhoods. Yeah, and the report goes through that. The uh, the centres go where... uh, where there are potential donors, right? Where there are the most desperate people. And we are benefiting from them here in New Zealand when we could instead be compensating donors appropriately here and having better security of supply. And so, so would we, we, we see... We pretend that we're more moral than America, but we're just buying the blood from them anyway, right? So it's just kind of an incoherent position. Sure, I think probably people weren't aware of that. But would we see... Uh you know, plasma centres springing up in the poorer areas of Hawke's Bay, the poorer areas of Auckland, where people with a more pressing need for urgent money are willing to give their blood, as opposed to others who have the luxury of choice? Well, there are lots of people who don't have the luxury of choice and having the time to be able to go in and do that, at least to be able to take the time off of work, to be able to 
to do that. That's one of the things that we recognized in the unanimous legislate, legislation that passed unanimously around organ donor compensation, that it was severely hurting disadvantaged communities. Now, that they weren't being able to be compensated for their time. Plasma donation, of course, much easier. So much. Uh, I don't think they're comparable, surely, Dr. Crampton. They're surely not comparable an hour compared to, you know, what is a major operation. Sure, but not. we are in a shortage position because the system has been unwilling to compensate donors for their time. The consequence of that is that we have to wind up purchasing blood product from, from the United States where the donors are compensated anyway, so we can pretend that we're more moral than America and think that we're all super nice or something, but it's just incoherent. There is no harm by compensating people for their time in this, and you can put in as many ethical safeguards as you want on the process uh, to continue to check that people aren't running down their plasma levels, that there are limits on how frequently you can donate, all of this can be managed in exactly the same way that we do it through the organ donor system, right? There's no worries that people are coming in and doing it for exploitative reasons. There are checks in that system. There's no reason we couldn't have checks in the plasma donation system to ensure a better security of supply for blood products in New Zealand. Because, frankly, it's getting a little bit worrying that the whole world is relying so heavily on America when America is turning a little bit protectionist around some of the health kit, right? So we saw in COVID that they started restricting exports of some health supplies. New Zealand admirably went in with Singapore and a few other countries signing agreements that they wouldn't do this sort of thing. America hasn't. It would be very nice if countries like New Zealand would be able to compensate donors. And as the Adam Smith Institute's report points out, the consequence of our failing to do this is that the price of the products coming out of America gets bid up out of the reach of poorer countries. So these moralistic imperatives that feel really nice, like you can tell yourself how wonderful you are by banning people from being compensated, the effect of it is that poor countries cannot afford products that they're going to be increasingly relying on as their health systems improve to the point that they can make use of those treatments. Do you think it's just a matter that there hasn't been the awareness or the knowledge that the plasma products are needed, otherwise they will have to be bought in from other countries? When uh, the health scare over COVID-19 was first revealed and we didn't know the extent of it, people were lining up, they were queuing to donate blood and plasma. If people know there's a need, they'll respond to it. Well, the system has been trying its darndest to get more voluntary donations, and it is wonderful that more people came in to donate in the week of COVID. That is really hard to maintain over time, and that's one of the reasons that that Canadian study found much higher cost to the whole system when you fail to compensate donors for their time. All right, very interesting. We'll throw it open to... Our listeners, thank you for your time. Dr. Crampton, Eric Crampton, the New Zealand Initiative, making the case for plasma donors to be compensated.